Amos chapter 5, verse 18 through 27. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. As if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord Yahweh darkness and not light and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feasts and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. In the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps, I won't listen. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Did you bring to me sacrifices and offerings during the 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You shall take up Sukkoth, your king, and Kayan, your star god, your images that you have made for yourselves, and I will send you into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord Yahweh, whose name is the God of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Man, a very, very heavy passage today. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, the that verse 24, famous, uh, especially coming from the mouth of Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Mm. Uh, and who knew that it came from such a heavy-handed passage? Yeah. Um, and this is good, though. It's very important. Um, we're talking about the day of the Lord, mm. which is, uh, I love the way that the Bible Project, they have a lot of great resources on the day mm -hmm. of the Lord because in the Bible, it is a very, very complicated sure. and multifaceted issue. We've right. talked about this a decent amount on ODR. I really like the mountain range image, um, mm -hmm. and we use it for a few different things. But you know, the whole idea that sort of when you're when you're in Denver and you look over at the the mountains, um, the Rocky Mountains, mm -hmm. it looks like this one big chain of like, right. ridges, and it look kind of looks like this one big heap. And then as you drive towards it, you see a little more separation. And then you go through the Eisenhower tunnel and you come out the other side and it's like, you're in this like snowy mountainous crazy place where right. there's just mountains everywhere. Yeah. And you see that all these mountains are very distinct and they're actually like to go from peak to peak to peak would take, you know, forever. Right. And, uh, and so the day of the Lord is sort of a similar concept, uh, where there's, it's like, we can ask, is he, is it the day of the Lord in the books of prophecy? Is it referencing the fall of Israel or the fall of Judah, mm. the fall of both kingdoms, the coming of Christ, the death and resurrection of Christ, the end times. Right. And I think the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, and in different contexts, one more than the other, here it's all those mountain peaks uh, yeah it's all those mountain peaks yeah. here we're specifically speaking towards the fall of israel hmm. um and you know which happens in 722 bc um and to the assyrians correct mm -hmm. yes yeah. to the assyrians um and so this is what amos is speaking directly towards and we have some really heavy uh dialogue from 
the Lord himself. Mm. Um, you know, he's the final phrase, the final title here used for the Lord is the God of hosts. I love in the New Living Translation, uh, they'll take phrases like that and like contextualize them just a little bit more uh, for us. And the way that they translate the Lord of hosts or the God of hosts is the Lord of heaven's armies, the God mm. of heaven's armies. Mm. It's this very powerful, triumphant, uh, sort of shudder in your boots right. kind of image. And so that is what we're presented with today mm. and a God who is very unimpressed with the religious activities of Israel. Yeah. So Barrett, Rafaccio, Fish, what do you think about this, uh, this passage? The, uh, t- to get down into some of the details of what God hates, because mm. he says here, which hate is an interesting word. Uh, I, I guess I did it when I was a kid, but like my kids will use that word sometimes and I always stop them. Mm. And I always say, don't use the word hate, uh, because I, I think hate needs to be reserved for for thing for very specific things. Yeah, and we use the word hate like we use the word love. You know, I love this pizza or whatever, or I hate this broccoli. You know, something like that. It's, but I always stop them and I say, don't use the word hate. Just say dislike or like mm. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can say all those things, but like hate. I don't know, in scripture has a very specific meaning and it's like, I abhor. Yeah. Like I am absolutely disgusted. Yeah. And so when God says in verse 21, I hate, I despise your feasts and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. So these are not general things that, you know, kind of random arbitrary things that the Lord's listing off. These are very specific things. So the feasts are are specifically referring to like the seven feasts of Israel. And so mm-hmm. there were there were seven feasts. So Israel had this yearly calendar. It's the same it's the same thing as like I mean you can kind of point out our yearly calendar of like, you know, we've got Easter and then Memorial Day and then you got the 4th of July and you've got Labor Day. And, um, I mean, a lot of people would put like the start of college football on there probably, mm-hmm. you know, and, yep. and then Christmas, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And so we, we have these, and, and they're kind of like feasts, you know, Memorial day, you feast, you go be with family, you go feast and labor day, you know, 4th of July and labor day and Thanksgiving, Christmas. So we have these times where, and that's not like laid out in scripture, obviously, but in, for Israel, it was laid out in scripture that there was to be these specially appointed times when you carry out these feasts. Mm-hmm. And in fact, God had had arranged their calendar mm-hmm. to where they knew exactly when to do these feasts at certain times. And so what, what he's saying here is you're carrying out those feasts, mm-hmm. but I despise them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, you know, he references these, these uh, the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, the peace offerings. These are all things that are laid out in the law mm-hmm. of of things that they can the Israelites can bring to the temple and present before the Lord. And when a person's heart is right with the Lord, these were actually very honoring offerings. Mm-hmm. In the same way that I think when when we give of the Lord, you know, things that He's blessed us with, uh, it, He's He's honored by that when our heart loves Him. Yeah, um, but. So what it's saying here is that 
Israel, you got to get the picture because sometimes I think we think of Israel sometimes when you get into the darkness of the Old Testament, you think of Israel as like they've totally turned their back on God. Mm -hmm. They're living a totally secular life. They're worshiping all these other gods. They've taken on all these foreign wives. They're holistically pagan. But it's really not the truth. It's become very syncretized. And so they, they have taken on some of these other gods and things like that. But they're still carrying out the feasts. Mm. They're still carrying out the same sacrifices that God has has um, put forth back in the in the law and the Torah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so they're carrying those things out. But He's saying, "I hate those things. Yeah. I won't even look upon them." I mean, think about that for a minute. I mean, it's the equivalent of God telling us, like, "You go to church, you give your tithe, you carry out all these." Christian things and I hate them mm. and I won't even look upon them yeah. because of the way your life is. And I, I'm not suggesting if you go to church and give your tithe and all those that God is looking on you like that. I'm saying it could be the case. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I, I think we need to pay attention to that. So one thing that this reminds me of that I think states it so well is a famous Psalm back in Psalm 51, when David is, is confessing his sin of, of what he did with Bathsheba and I just love, I love this verse and I, I love the way that he, um, that David puts this, but he says, Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise for you will not delight in sacrifice. This is the, I mean, this is the sacrifice. We're back at the, back at yeah. the temple, like giving yeah. the sacrifice, the peace offering, the burnt offering, the grain offering, all these for you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with the burnt offering, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. And so David, you know, through the ministry of the prophet Nathan, you know, graciously, by the grace of God, turned back to God. Mm -hmm. And he's obviously repenting here in Psalm 51 and kind of laying that out. But he points out that that what, what God wants to see is not the sacrifices. It's not the carrying out of these, you know, Christiany things, mm. but it's actually a broken and a contrite heart. Mm. And he says, "A broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise." And that is so true. Mm. And that is true. That is that is that proves true all through the Bible. You know, some things are old covenant, new covenant. This is something that remains forever. Is that is that a broken and contrite heart? When we come before the Lord and we truly have a broken heart and we are we humbly come before Him. He will not despise us in that moment. Absolutely, and that is amazing. I mean, what an Amen. amazing truth that like yeah. we have a God who we can come to with a broken and contrite heart, and He will not despise us. Yes, He will yes. take us in, and you know, and I mean, this is this is the story of Jesus. Like this is this is what Jesus did for us. Mm. Um, not you know, when we did not come to God with a broken and contrite heart, Jesus came as as a humble servant mm-hmm. and offered himself and, and allowed his body to be broken so that we could now have life. Uh, but even in that we continue to struggle with sin and we continue to have times when we need to have a broken and contrite heart mm-hmm. and we need to come back before the Lord and say, God, I've been giving sacrifices. I've been giving my peace offerings and my grain offerings and my burnt offerings. And I've been carrying out the feasts, whatever that looks like in the, you know, in, in the, in the Christian world of today, but I, 
I need to have a broken and contrite heart before you. Mm. Uh, and so that that is what Israel is in need of here in Amos chapter five. They're Amen. in need of a broken and contrite heart. And it is exactly what they do not have. They're arrogant. They're selling themselves out. Their heart is not in it. And the Lord is saying, you're carrying out all these things that are very mm. religious and even things that I've laid out in my law, but I hate them. Mm. I abhor them. Yeah. I'm going to read a little excerpt from this commentary that I've been using with Amos, but I just think that this is so powerful. It's speaking specifically to verse 24, the let justice roll down like waters. Yeah. Um, gosh, this is so good. He says, as commentary says, Israel's worship was devoid of application. Instead of elaborate ritual, God wanted justice and righteousness to prevail in the land. And jumping down a little bit, it says, justice goes beyond fairness. It is that correct moral practice in daily personal and social life that's clearly observable to others. Righteousness is mainly internal. It is the disposition to do what is right. Righteousness expresses itself in society as justice. God wants an abundance of both rather than the formalistic uh, corrupt worship in a water-starved country, a perennial stream is a delight. Righteousness and justice are such a delight to God. Mm. And you know, this is so important to me because I think my greatest fear for Christ's covenant is that we would drift towards a place. You know, I, I do think that in ways like there, there's an elaborateness with which we plan like our worship calendar and, and right. that's good. It's, it's all, sure. it's mega intentional. It's more intentional than any other church I've been a part of where, you know, we have these nine behaviors, these emphases, and, you know, each week, some part of the Christian life is being emphasized and we have, you know, all these events that we yep. push and we have a daily scripture reading podcast where that is in step with our sermon series. There, there's a lot of like, interconnectedness and elaborateness, right. but it all means absolutely completely nothing mm. if it is not applied in our lives. Mm. And uh, my greatest fear is that we would just put on a great, thoughtful, thought-provoking service every Sunday, you know, a great young adult service every Tuesday night, great student and college events, and all these cool, beautiful programs mm. where people walk out and live like the rest of the world and, you know, benefit from injustice and, mm. and do not mm. seek righteousness. Mm. And, uh, it, it's just a great call to us that as we worship, we should behold Jesus who is, he is the pure and total embodiment of justice and righteousness. Mm. And that we would love him, that we would see no sacrifices left to give, but to live in the righteousness and justice that he so perfectly modeled for us. Mm. So powerful call here in Amos 5. Mm. And I'm sure many of you are scared that Amos is over, but we're going to continue on. <laughs> we got plenty of ground left in plenty, Amos. Plenty left. Plenty left. So for the great, the beautiful, the beloved Barrett Fisher, <laughs> this is Will Carlisle. And we will see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. 
If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.